This is the show that pulls back the industry curtain. We're exploring pop culture, music icons, and food gods. It's the Jeremiah Show with Dr. D. Broadcasting from the HJL Hospitality and Evolved Studios in LA, Santa Barbara, AM 1290 KZSB and FM 96.9 Santa Barbara or somewhere from the road. He's opened and fixed more than 200 restaurants, bars, nightclubs, hotels, and neighborhood joints around the globe. He's an industry driver, an author, and a columnist. He's a restaurateur with legendary rock star Mick Fleetwood on Fleetwood's On Front Street in Lahaina, Maui. And he's your radio host. And now, back from a race around the sun, Jeremiah Higgins. Hi, this is the Jeremiah Show, and uh, I have a special guest today um, named Johnny Vatos, John Hernandez to some people. He is a longtime drummer for Oingo Boingo, and as well as uh, Oingo Boingo former members uh, that's kicking up dust, uh, and um, there's some gigs coming up. There's always something interesting for John to say, and I, I thought it'd be fun for you to hear it. Hey, John, how you doing? I'm doing good, Mike. It's good to see you on a great day. It like is, that. isn't it? It's a nice one. Warming up finally. Yeah, summer's here, and so are we. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think spring finally arrived on the first day of summer. But that, other than that, we're okay. <laughs> so, John, what you up to these days? I know, of course, uh, former members have been busy and touring, and you've got some dates coming up. Um, uh, but what, what goes on in between dates and so on? Are you just rehearsing? You doing other gigs? What's going on? Well, you know, we're um, in the middle of putting out a finally putting out a bunch of tracks that feature our, our new singer, Brendan McCrary. Uh, you know, everything's self-produced these days. We don't have a record contract. So, you know, I got to scrape my funds together and, uh, and get favors and just do what everyone does in LA. And, uh, so we're excited. This is the summer of releasing new music from Oingo Boingo former members, you know, and it's just it's former members. And Danny Elfman gave us that name, you know, because, uh, you know, we went through all this stuff about, well, we can't call ourselves Oingo Boingo. And we can't call ourselves that. And Danny goes, well, you're Oingo Boingo former members. Why don't you call yourselves that? That's OK with me and the lawyers. So I said, OK, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. So cool. that's good. Yeah. He so does come in handy from time to time, doesn't he? He does. You know, I mean, he he tries. You know, it's he's there's nothing new under the sun. And one and one of the things that 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 happens is that every once in a while in history, you're you're lucky enough to be in the midst of a composing lunatic. You mm -hmm. know, friends of mine played with Alan Holsworth. And that's a whole nother thing. Friends of mine, a lot of friends of mine played with Frank Zappa. I even auditioned for Frank Zappa. And so really? when you work for all these different, when you see all these composers, they never, they, they're constantly composing. They never want to look back. And, and in Danny's case, he was kind of disturbed when the band started playing again, because he doesn't want to look back. And, and some people don't want to look back because they're lazy and other people that are phenomenons like Danny and um, Frank Zappa and Alan Holsworth uh, just keep going forward. And they, they're always writing new music. They, they, Alan Holsworth never even remembered some of the stuff he wrote 20 years ago. And, and it, they were so incredible. The new stuff that everybody forgot about it too, <laughs> but it's, 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 um, 
we're all just playing um the music that we were had a great time working with danny and doing that creative process with him he's gone on and he's never stopped and i'm really glad that he's out and playing again in public instead of sitting in a studio and he's kind of gone all gonzo and stuff which is pretty funny funny you know because i'm an old guy you know so i'm sitting okay you know and 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 i'm glad for him and uh he's still writing incredible stuff i was just listening to uh, one of his concertos just yesterday the violin concerto which i saw in one of the world premieres and you know he's jumped into classical music after over 100 films and so he's a music musical phenomenon and all the oingo boingo music like 60 70 tunes the music is so intense and still so much fun to play and you know it's once again it's um people's people are getting smarter and enjoy smart music so they're rediscovering this music through us which is really cool and uh the the crowds keep getting younger and we keep getting older (laughs) (laughs) but it doesn't matter (laughs) so and we can still pull it off so it's really good you know i'm i'm having a great time and and in, in between all that stuff all the bands the band is like always working steve's working with danny does orchestrating on other movies john avila uh is you know played has been playing with like guys like neil young he just mm-hmm. got, he just got um he's just being featured in uh on the new bob dylan album which yeah. is which is really really cool all these guys are doing great things mike the spike has his own studio you know john has his own studio he produces everybody's involved with all kinds of different stuff so i'm really lucky to be in such a have such a great band of guys that uh you know will still play this music yeah very cool now oingo boingo former members um you mentioned you're going to be doing uh, you've recorded some original stuff so this the, the that show has a lot of the great boingo stuff but you are putting some new material in there right yeah yeah and we're, we're because we're uh, we have a longer show uh we're going to be playing in redondo beach on july 4th and we're going to be doing a real long show and i generally don't do this when we're playing big shows where people uh, just want to hear Oingo Boingo music, but we're we're starting to put in the former members' music. So this this show we're going to be playing uh, a couple of Sam Phipps tunes, and Sam is a great singer. He's one of those kind of like low bass singers, low tenor, and he's really good. So we're it's really kind of cool. We're going to feature that, and um, yeah, on. I'm going to, we're going to release just the Boingo stuff throughout the summer. But for my birthday this year in September, we're going to release four original tunes from, from the guy, four or five from the guys in the band. So right. it'll be like our Orgo Borgo former members, original release day. Sept- That's cool. September 5th. There yeah, you go. That's nice timing. Good timing. You always, you always have marketing skills. Well, I, you know, it's, it's, that's all we, that's all it is now It's marketing skills. Yeah, that's true. In fact, even to make a date with my wife, you know, I kind of like really have kind of have to build it up and make sure I got all my ducks in a row. And then I, I hit her with it, honey, 
I've made reservations. No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It's rough when you have to do that, but I guess it's true. So um, you mentioned Brendan. He sings lead uh, for uh, Oingo Boingo former members. And the thing that got me is he's not trying to imitate Danny as vocalist, but he's not far off. You know, the, the, the general sound is still there with, with him singing lead. Was that, yeah. Did you know him? Did you hear that voice and thought it would be good? How did I need to get in the band? Well, you know, I, I, met, I met him. I met, I met Brendan through Bear. I went, Bear uh, was, went to a summer solstice concert up at the Doheny uh, estate. And my, my daughter, Rio, says, there's this guy who wants to meet you, Bear McCrary. It's like, okay. And I, he was still a student at USC film school. And so I met him that day and he goes, hey, you know, a great job. Nice meeting you. You know, maybe you could help me. I'm looking for a drummer for my band. And uh, I'm I'm going to USC. I said, okay, I'll play. So, <laughs> so, so I I I played in Bears and Brendan's and Rea's band when they were in college, and that's why I ran into Brendan. And I, and I go, he he goes, wow, you know, we were big Oingo Boingo fans. I go, Brendan, do you know that music? He goes, yeah, I know every song, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so <laughs> you you want to do some singing? I goes, yeah. So that's. That's how we got together. So I was in his band first, and then I asked him to join my band. Who are the original Boingo members who are in this band? The original Oingo Boingo members, there was eight, but we have Carl Graves, Sam Phipps, um, um, Steve Bartek, John Avila, and myself. So that's five out of the eight. We're, We're doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're not lying to anybody. No, no, no. That's cool. Well, I got a, a little memory on my part. It's the first time I met you and members of Boingo Boingo, which I think was something like 1983. Uh-huh. Miles and I had just formed this management company, and you were already signed to him, so we switched it over to this company. And you didn't know you didn't know who the hell I was, but I went over to a rehearsal, and I'm telling you, this eight-piece band with all this equipment was in this dinky little room behind the dry cleaners in, in Hollywood. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you, I mean, how did even you get in there with your drums, let alone everybody else? It was so small. And there's only one way in and one way out. That's, that's right. That's right. Freaky. It's a fire hazard. Every time yeah. I go by there, I, I think of what were they doing in there? But I guess it was uh, uh, what a, a member, somebody in the band's it parents owned it. Leon Schneiderman's parents own the dry cleaner. Ah, I see. So it's cheap. Yeah. So they let us rehearse there. That's cool. But it was, it was really tiny. Yeah. Uh, I, I just picture people lined up. I don't know. I don't know where, I'm not even sure where you were in the picture as, as I came in the door, but up against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. I, 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 uh, you know, so you're you're with Boingo, like you're still you're in the Mystic Knights, right? Mystic, you go back that far to what something like 1970 something, what? Yeah, like 70, 77, 78. I yeah. was in the Mystic Knights for about a year and a half, and uh, it was a great time because it was to, for me. I I I was doing studio work, and I was all over the place, all over the map. I was just a a drummer for hire, 
when I first did my first recording with with Steve and Danny, Steve hired me to play on the Forbidden Zone, the wow. the movie. And so I played on that. I, I wasn't even in the Mystic Knights then. I was just a studio for hire guy. And then uh, they uh, they heard me play with Tony Basil about three or four months later. And they heard me like four times in a row. And they go, man, we want this guy to play in our band. So they go, you want to play in a band? I go, what's it? What's the band? Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. And they, he, they said, well, we want to warn you, though. There's outfit changes and all that stuff. And of course, me being the studio hack and all this stuff, I go, what? Vaudeville? I'm going to do vaudeville? So yeah. that's exactly was the, my mind. Our street theater, street theater. Yeah, street theater and vaudeville. That was my mind, my, my mental thing. I went, this is amazing. So it was the Mystic Nights of the Oingo Boingo. We played Balinese music. We played West African music. We played, we played dance music. We played, you know, uh, Cab Calloway and Duke Ellington and all these incredible things with outfit changes, mm -hmm. you know? So when, then one day Danny came in and said, well, I don't want to do this anymore. We're just going to be a band. What? Yeah, we're just going to be Oingo Boingo. We're going to be a rock band. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to be in a rock band. I want to be in the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. I said, okay, all right, all right. So <clears throat> I went along with it. And, uh, you know, being the studio musician and being having great players like Steve and John and Kerry Hatch at the time and all that stuff, great musicians get bored very easily. And one of the things that Danny is, is a writing alcoholic, a, a writeaholic. He just writes and writes and writes and writes and writes. So we were always constantly learning new music. Whenever we went, went in to record an album, we had like uh, 30 songs and we had to pick out 12, you know? So it was, uh, it was very exciting and really intense. And, uh, and totally a lot of fun. So uh, not having all the outfit changes and not having Danny grumbling about, well, what happened to the dinosaur suit? Well, who's going to be playing this? You know, <laughs> you know, it was, it was good. He was the way uh, you're saying rock band. And I once asked him, I said, how do we describe you? And he said, pop band, but neither one of those labels I think it's just we have to come up with a new label to describe what they were you guys were doing because it was very different and and uh yeah but that's I get kept it interesting for you as well yeah it it was it was pretty um unlabelable <clears throat> and so it was kind of difficult <clears throat> for people to describe it <clears throat> and it was too intense and too intelligent and too full of lyrics the lyrics are just like you know, Danny's both his parents were school teachers. He had an incredible vocabulary. And man, he could come up with a mouthful of lyrics that would just drive the set the hair back on on your back of your head like, whoa. <laughs> and I'll tell you a secret. The lyrics were never really done till the recording. Really? Yeah. So we would go in there, we would start okay, well, this is what I want. This is what I want. And he had half the lyrics and then we, he would listen to how we did stuff and, you know, he would tailor everything just like we could. And so it was always the, the breath of fresh air was when it was pressed and recorded. It meant that it would never change again. 
<laughs> what was it like? You know, you started in 1977, 78, 1995, Halloween 1995 is the last Boingo gig. Yeah. What was that like falling off a cliff? I mean, what, what was that like after all that time? It, it, it hit the wall kind of thing. And, uh, well, what, what'd you go through? Well, I, I could, you know, I'm pretty sensitive. I was almost kind of the instigator in the band. I was making sure everybody was in a good mood and being silly. And I was kind of kept the temperature of the band and, and I could see it deteriorating, you know, a few years before and Danny's interest waning and um, having to argue a bit more about arrangements and what does this mean? And what is this? Why are we doing this? And, you know, um, so it was, I, I could, I could see it kind of, kind of, uh, you know, Danny was getting bored with that format and he had already, you know, you, you, right. You got him the Pee Wee Herman gig and he started doing movies and uh, that's what he wanted to do. And so he had another, another thing he wanted to conquer in his brain. And that's what those kinds of people do. Frank Zappa, all those other people, you know, they just move yeah. on. I, I thought it was uh, not to talk about that too long, but I thought if he, if he, did the score for the uh, uh, Pee Wee Herman movie, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, that, you know, Boingo, we were doing really well on the West Coast. We were doing well in, like, maybe to Denver and so on. But we we couldn't get, like, to New York or anything like that. We'd go there, but it would be maybe a 1,000 people, whereas it would be 10,000 in L.A. And I thought if he does a a movie like this and word gets out, he's done it, it might help the band and, and help get the word out. But it kind of eventually killed the band. <laughs> Sorry right, about well, that. I think the thing that killed the band was that, you know, one of the rules of the road is you go through the town the first first time and they go, oh, man, this is amazing. When are you coming back? Oh, not for two years. <laughs> and then they forget about you. So yeah. you, have to, you have to you the way the band's built up an audience is you have to go back in three months. And so they were asking you, Mike, we want them back in three months, four months. Well, Danny doesn't doesn't want to come back. We're gonna start working on a new album, and yeah. and so that's that's what kind of I think kept our audience small out of the L.A. area because you got to work the road, you know. And yeah. and there's one one factor also was that your, the band was so intricate that you know, the the formula in, in those days, maybe still now, would be to get an, an opening slot with a big band like the Police or whoever it might be, and. Um, and they, people get to know you that way, and then you come back by yourself. But bands loved Oingo Boingo, but you were so intricate, and you had so so much equipment, and eight people, and sometimes twelve people, that the headliner after a couple of shows would say, "You got to go home, guys. We can't <laughs> we can't keep <laughs> up with you." So it was it, it, so it wasn't a musical decision. It was just it was difficult for the headliner. To do what they wanted to do because boingo was you know so big and and uh involved sure that's but absolutely true that's what that's so it was one of the reasons but then we ended up going to brazil and playing to like thirty-five thousand people or something like that you know we had spots around the world it was kind of funny yeah you know uh oingo boingo former members got invited to go to uh rock and rio mm. a few years back and right then Bolsonaro became president and I couldn't guarantee the band's safety. Mm. 
So I passed on the gig. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna try to do it again. Other try, again try again. They've changed, they've taken care of all that stuff. <laughs> Hopefully. Right. We, when we were there, they, all the money had changed. All all the everybody's money was worthless when we yeah. arrived. They had changed everything, and, and I, we're like, how? Who's going to come and see these guys? But we we went to, we went to Sao Paulo first and played three nights there. The, and it was a 7,000 seater. And I think the first night had about 4,000 people. The next night it was sold out. And the next night there were almost riots in the streets trying to get in. So, sure. you know, somehow they, they got the money and nobody, they, nobody could figure out how they uh, were able to buy the tickets, but, but it worked. And then, then to, and then to Rio with 35,000 people, it was, it was amazing. It was an amazing trip. But, um, but after it came to an end, uh, were you lost for a while or did you immediately dump into something? Yeah, I well, I had started working um, on a TV show called Culture Clash. Mm. Uh, they're a comedy group. They were on on uh, Fox and a friend of mine, Tito La Riva, who was originally the lead singer with the Cruzados and the Plugs. They had opened for Boingo in the back in the day and they had a couple of hits. And uh, I got asked to be in the uh, in the house band with Tito. So we were doing a TV show and right and right after the band broke up 95, Tito was touring Europe. So I toured Europe for about six years from 95 to to 9-11. That's what I call it. And all through that time we played Europe. I fell in love with Germany and and just had such a great, great time. And when 9-11 happened, I was so frightened, I I stopped touring. I said, no, I'm going to. I'm going to stay home now because mm. <laughs> I figured it was time, time to stay home. So I, I started getting back into playing big bands and recording. And um, um, I waited 10 years, 2005. I figured it was time enough. People always bugged me everywhere I went. When's Oingo Boingo want to play? When can we hear Oingo Boingo music again? So 2005, I got together with Bear and Brendan and Rhea and and uh, and reluctantly Sam and Steve. They didn't want to do it at first. They did not want to do it and they didn't want to play the hits. It was a whole it was a whole psychological thing for them because they were like, oh, Danny doesn't want us to do this. We shouldn't be doing this. I go, Come on. It's just it's just we're just a club band. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And so after a while, they got comfortable with it. And uh, we've been playing. We play like two, three times a year yeah. in the L.A. area. And it's, that's kind of enough. You know, um, the fans love it and we love it. And um, as long as we have a full club, it's OK with me, you know. Yeah. And of course, you got to play on Halloween. Got to play on Halloween. Yeah. Because you got to. That's, uh, that's Christmas to Boingo fans. It is. It's like playing St. Patty's Day and playing Irish music, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like playing a trail or a hoot that are you. Yeah. Well, those concerts were something else. It would, they were just, you know, the fans would stand up when you guys came on stage and they didn't sit down until you, you left the stage. I mean, it was just phenomenal. Energy yeah. was incredible. Now it's only half because they're too old to stand up all the way through it. <laughs> <laughs> like me, I don't, I don't yeah. go anywhere. I don't go anywhere unless I can sit down. 
<laughs> that's why you play drums. You can sit that's, down. That's right. I get to sit down. <laughs> did you come from a musical family? I mean, how did the drums come about? No, I, well, my cousins played guitar and they, they had a band when I was in eighth grade and they needed a drummer. And so they said, as long as, as soon as you can play Wipeout, you can join the band. So it took me, took me about a month to learn it and I joined the band. That was it. <laughs> that's cool. Um, now, but speaking of family, I mean, Freddie Hernandez is in former members, right? That's yeah. Yeah. Freddie, because John's so uh, world famous, you know, he, he can't make it all the time. And so uh, one time Freddie, uh, uh, John comes to me, goes, I'm going to be going uh, playing with Neil Young, man. Uh, can uh, I, I got to go. I go, all right, don't worry about it. So I looked at Freddie, I go, Freddie, you ready to, to play? He goes, yeah. I go, do you know this music? He looked at me and laughed. He goes, I've been listening to this music since I was a, since I was five years old. Yeah. Of course I know it. And he, we just counted out the tunes and Freddie knew them all. Just fit know? right in. That's great. Just fit right in. Well, that's cool. Um, in fact, uh, Freddie was in the kids choir on our farewell show. Oh, really? Yeah, he was sitting up there, and so was Larissa, oh. and and Lila Avila. Yeah, they were with them all part of the kids' choir. It's all family still. Yeah, but um, so if you're not from a musical family, did you take lessons, uh, or did you just start playing? Yeah. No, I, I, I had a, I had some great teachers. I studied with a rudimental teacher in, in high school. And then I then I met Freddie Gruber uh, and um, and he he was one of the best drum teachers in the world, taught everybody I know, famous people. And uh, he's he was he really helped me out a lot. That's great. That's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Um, I just. Speaking on uh, on the drummer world, and I know this is kind of a cliche question, but I've never asked you uh, a favorite drummer. I would start with between Gene Krupa and Buddy Rich. Which one would you pick, or is there another one that just overshadows them? Well, well, there's certain things that go on in my brain, and I love them both. Well, we know that. Yeah, and there there is there is no drummer that I haven't stolen something from that I admire, you know, and um, maybe after this break, I'll, I'll tell you my buddy Rich story that I told to a bunch of drummers tomorrow. Uh, this is Mike Gormley, and I have the privilege of being on the uh, Jeremiah Higgins show. He couldn't make it today, as usual. But um, we're going to hear a little piece of uh, some Oingo Boingo music on the way out, a song called We Close Our Eyes, which, which is a gem as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, We'll be out for a minute and then we'll be coming back in.
Hi, I'm Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on The Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. Hi, this is Ron Sexsmith on The Jeremiah Show, and I'd like you all to check out my latest record. It's called Hermitage, and um, you can find it wherever you find all the other albums you like, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it too. All right. Take care. Hey, everybody. It's Tim Stack from It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack telling you, asking you to watch the show Sprung on Freevee, Amazon's new free channel. I promise you it's funny. It's got heart. And my shoulder appears in episode three. Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com. That was uh, only a lad by Oingo Boingo, and we have a member of Oingo Boingo, and more importantly, a member of um, former members of Oingo Boingo, a great band unto itself. And only a lad was, uh, boy, that was one of the first Boingo songs I think I ever heard, anyway. And and, and I, it, you did kind of a, a double take. It was like it was just a, it was. It was strange, but yet straightforward. I mean, would, would that apply? Do you think, John? Or yeah, well, we originally it was a, a group of uh, EP song, an EP of of demo songs we were trying to shop to get an album. So then, our when we did our first album on A and M, we re-recorded it with the big the big speakers <laughs> and the big microphones, That's and cool. so we and we called our first album "Only a Lad." It it was a signature tune. Uh, yep. Go, it yep. was. You'd start playing that, and that, the crowd, which was already going nuts, would would bust out completely it would, it would, when you hit that song. Yeah. But um, and the, and the video as well, which, which got a fair amount of play. That video and it would help helped a lot. Yeah. The first time I saw Boingo wasn't at the whiskey. It was at the a place called Oh man, what was that in the valley? Uh, Country, oh, the country, country, country club, country club. Yeah. In Reseda. Right. Right. Yeah. I remember a, a lot of interesting things went on there. <laughs> oh, yeah? Any you can talk about? Oh, uh, well, let's see. That was, that was one of the first times my, my drum teacher, who we were talking about earlier, Freddie Gruber, he actually got to sit, stand on stage and looked at me and went, yeah, John, you, hey, you're doing good, man. <laughs> and then that was also at that place was I saw went to go see a taping of uh, Annie Lennox doing a uh, a video shoot there. And she walked out and did the whole performance in her brassiere, which really turned me on, you know? Okay. And then the last country club story I have is I remember sitting on the balcony and listening to X and there's something that happens in my brain. Um, when 
when things are out of tune, just slightly out of tune, you know how when you when you rub a wine glass with your finger and it goes, well, that same thing happens in my head and and my eyes roll back in my head. I'm literally on the balcony looking down at X and I fall asleep. I fell asleep for like 40 minutes. In the middle of an X show. In the middle of an X show. Not easy to do. People were staring at me and I kind of went, oh, I woke up suddenly like, whoa, and the concert was pretty much over. That's funny. <laughs> well, now, given the time frame, you want to go back a little bit. You're a, you're a teenager. Sure. And, and you, you've told us how you got started and everything. Um, were you in school when all that was going on or you never did the military thing? Right? No, no. You know, I was. While I was in school, my mom gave me, you know, she saw what a lunatic I was and she saw how I liked playing crazy music. And she said, Mijo, if you're going to play jazz, because, you know, I know you like Buddy Rich and Gene Krupa, you're going to have to get a job. And if you're going to play rock and roll, because I know you're listening to John Densmore from The Doors a lot, you're going to have to get a job. And I, but if you play all kinds of music, you won't have to get a job because you're always going to be working. So when I was in school, I thought, oh, that's a great idea. So I was in the orchestra. I was in the marching band. I was in the dance band. I was in, in anything and everything I could do with music. And it, it really, I'm, a, I'm an interested guy. When I see people partying and having a good time, whether it's in, uh, you know, whether it's in Eastern Europe or wherever, I just love exciting music and music's always interest me. And like I said, I love Irish music and I love avant-garde music and I love all these kinds of music. So, you know, there was the war in Vietnam was going on. I got asked, I was, do, I did, did some recordings. Um, I did, I was doing a Carol Lawrence. Remember that lady, Carol mm -hmm. Lawrence album. And uh, the, uh, the, I got asked to do a USO tour because the drummer, the drummer couldn't make it and they needed a drummer last minute. So I go, I'm only 17 years old, but my mom signed a release. So I went to Vietnam as and and toured Vietnam and in Thailand playing for the troops. So I was over there traveling like a colonel, eating steaks every night, hanging out with top brass while all people my age we're sitting there in trenches with guns and 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 in this crazy illegal war, yeah. you know, so Did you ever get to talk to them. Some of those guys. Yes, I did. And they were they were they looked at me like, what are you doing here? And in and all my naivety, I'm going, we're here to entertain you, you know, and, it, and then it, it didn't sink in until we were in Vandergriff, which is a fire support base by the DMZ when a Marine when a wave of rockets come in and a Marine jumps on me, throws me to the ground, throws his body over me and, and saves my life. He wow. says, you go, okay, now run to the bunker. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not a, that's not a normal experience for a drummer. No, it's you know, maybe, maybe beer bottles and some uh, stuff, but not the, uh, no. So it was, you know, it was my first time in a war zone and I swore I would never go back. So I I lucked out. I didn't uh, I didn't get drafted, and I avoided that whole thing. But when I got back, I just started doing pit shows, doing orchestra stuff. I was always working, and I got a big break when I was 
21 years old from a friend of mine named Dave Parlato, whose dad was on the original L uh, Lawrence Walk band. Dave Parlato played with Bette Midler, Frank Zappa, and all these people. He goes, John, you need a break. My friend's quitting the Helen Reddy gig. I'm going to get you that gig. I said, okay. So I got, I started playing with Helen Reddy, which I did for three years. And I played with Peter Allen at that time. My 70s were my pop years where I was doing just sessions and and playing the midnight special TV TV show and Don mm -hmm. Kirshner's rock concert and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, man, that was the 70s. That was, uh, that's, that's something to go from um, Helen Reddy to Oingo Boingo. Yeah. I mean, you you adjusted okay, but it's was there a, a big gap between those things when when Boingo started, or was it no, been back up for a while? No, the the biggest gap that happened when I joined the Mystic Knights was the income, and so uh, it, my first my first wife said, "You know, you got to stop this. I don't. You're a lunatic. You gave up your career to play with these band of lunatics, you know." And I said, "Yeah, but it's so much fun. I don't care." It's <laughs> like, well, I care. We got to eat. We got to pay the bills. So, yeah. so, you know, after a while, we started making money. So that was a good thing. All right, man. We're going to uh, we're going to step away again for a little while because uh, these guys like to play commercials from time to time. But uh, we'll be right. back in a minute. We're not jailer. Is it, when, sorry, you want me to go out that one? So, yeah, weird science. Sorry. I, I, and weird, weird science, science is going Wait a minute, Weird Science has taken us in? Nope, you're going out with oh. Weird Science. Oh. And you're going to come back in, my friend, with Dead Man's Party. Ah, great song. Okay, this one's really short, Mike. Like one yeah. question, and then you take another break. Okay. And then when we come back, you say goodbye. We're, we're almost, we're like within eight minutes of being finished. Okay. Okay, you want me to say it all over again? You're, you're going... Out with weird science and coming back with dead man's party got it you got it go when you're ready uh this is the jeremiah higgins show and uh we're here with john hernandez from oingo boingo and uh oingo boingo former members which is a band unto itself uh one of the great songs and one of the most popular boingo songs was from a movie called weird science and funny enough, that's the name of the song. We're going to listen to that a bit, and then we'll be back. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention?
Welcome, Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on Core Radio. Keep on rocking to the core. Core Radio, The Jeremiah Show, airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. CoreRadio.rocks. Hello, my name is Anais Reno. I'm a jazz singer based in New York City, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. And sometime soon, I will be coming out with a new record with the great Peter Bernstein on guitar, David Wong on bass, and Joe Farnsworth on the drums. I'm very excited about it. But since that is not out yet, in the meantime, if you want, you can listen to my debut record called Love Something with the Emmett Cohen Trio, in which we celebrate the music of Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn. Thank you so much. Happy listening. Good day, my friends. I'm Billy Mandarino, the Nowist. Do you consider yourself to be a successful person emotionally, socially, spiritually, and financially? The truth is, there's no such thing called success. Only successful present moment living. Think about it. When one thing is accomplished, you're just on to the next thing. That's not a recipe for joy and sustained happiness, but rather a hopscotch of happy. I have learned that connecting back to the present moment as a way of life can transform you into an abundant and world-changing person. Not only are you fulfilled, but you light up the others around you, and this is truly what it's all about. Your new mantra is, not what's in it for me, but how can I serve? To learn more, go to billymandarino.com. The Jeremiah Show. Uh, Dead Mass Party by Ongo Poingo, which is a, a classic tune, and uh, uh, the drummer in, in that Boingo song and every Boingo song you ever hear is uh, with us today, John Vatos Hernandez. Uh, Johnny Vatos, is that the uh, that name get around still, or is that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That in fact, it, you know, only the old guys go. I don't know no Johnny Vatos. I just know John Hernandez. That's when I know they know me from my big band days, from from all the production shows we worked and you know some of the guys that the people that record on the simpsons would know me those studio players would know me as john hernandez mm-hmm. <laughs> and and when i left the scene i became johnny vatos <laughs> you played on the simpsons what on the theme or just uh... no no all, all my friends did not me <laughs> <laughs> oh well oh well but that was now the musical director for the simpsons i think it was uh Richard Gibbs, right? Well, he he did he Boingo did a member, by the way. Yeah, so. he did he did a little bit, and then he passed it on 
to um to the guy can't think of his name right now oh a senior moment is who, who did i can't think of his don't name don't worry about it don't worry about it don't worry about it you need your triangle i do i miss wearing my pyramid except i had to stop wearing it <laughs> yeah how do i explain this um john for a long time wore a pyramid on his head uh with methyl or something like that and you still swear that it was uh helpful it was it was working for you but can you explain that a little bit yeah it's just um it's uh it's the pyramid that goes on your head and it was made out of titanium copper and gold and uh it uh, set its own energy field and and kept me away from emf pollution and kind of to build you know like i don't need it like i have don't have enough energy already yeah really like built it up in me where it kind of made made me kind of electrical and after about wearing it for nine nine years nine <laughs> years you wore it i wore it for nine years i started to blow hard drives when i would walk into a room <laughs> <laughs> and it started to affect computers. you're not kidding are you no i'm not kidding so i i don't wear it anymore because they're too expensive to blow up <laughs> I, i'm I remember you showing up with that and and I would just being a polite Canadian I didn't say anything <laughs> but I was like what in hell is he doing <laughs> and uh I got an explanation and you can't argue with it and that's what you wanted to do and I don't know if there's any other band in the world maybe Zappa's band but no, I don't know any other band in the world that can get away with a drummer who's wearing a pyramid on his head that's true that's true <laughs> good thing there aren't any songs about it came out of that era yeah yeah well anyway so um if oingo boingo former members you mentioned earlier you're playing um on the fourth of july which sounds yeah. like a great gig in redondo beach redondo beach it's really great i love playing outside i love all the energy and um you know i just a big fan of playing outside and redondo beach is such a beautiful place and so it's it's great to be part of that and it's going to be our last show until october mm -hmm. our, which we're going to we're going to our first show is going to be a whole spectacular show at the winery up in uh, uh saratoga and we're going to be playing with um the tubes um missing persons and drama rama wow it's it's going to be pretty amazing no 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 i'm sorry i said that wrong um the tubes the untouchables and drama rama cool. so that's going to be an insane show and we're going to be doing that same show in san diego in october and there's rumors we might be doing it here in la too so you know it's uh it's going to be a great set of shows in october we always look forward to october and uh it's going to be great to take some time off and get some of the band business together and and work on some more original music from the band that's that's fantastic uh we've got a, another break coming up but uh we will be back shortly this is the jeremiah show and uh we're going to listen to a song called gray matter
check out Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge. We support RadioIndiaAlliance.com. Hi, I'm Frank Assini, chef winemaker of Pitching Post Wines and Pitching Post 2 Restaurant in Gilton, California. We grill over wood for 70 years, my family, and been making wine for 40 years. Pinot Noir, our specialty. Come visit us here and at Highway 246 in Bealton, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. All right. Hey, I'm Johnny Vatos, formerly of Oingo Boingo. Now I got my own band called Oingo Boingo Former Members, and I'm here on The Mike Gormley Show, actually visiting with Mike Gormley on The Jeremiah Show. Hey, it's Tim Stack, and having been in show business for so long, I have a lot of really funny friends, and you can hear them all on It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. That's part of The Jeremiah Show. So listen. Hi, this is Jeremiah Show. We're back in action here with John Vatos Hernandez from Oingo Boingo and from Oingo Boingo former members. Um, we heard great, we heard uh, just another day uh, a little bit ago, and and uh, is is there such a thing as a with you a, a favorite Boingo song? Um, no, tough. Um, huh? That's a tough. No, because, because I just you know I've lived every note and I've enjoyed every day. That, you know, I remember, you know, we we rehearsed three days a week from three in the afternoon till 10 at night with a dinner break. And we were constantly rehearsing. So we would like, OK, well, now move that one note over one beat. Now, you know, it was just we just did re- ridiculous anal retentive <laughs> rehearsals. <laughs> and so I lived every note. So they're all my children and I I can sing them all. I can when I direct the band, I'm. The guy that knows all the arrangements and knows all the tunes so you know it's it's um it's pretty hard to find a favorite one but all yeah. the ones you've played are spectacular yeah they're they're great and and the one we're gonna have to wind up pretty soon and i uh ironically there's a song called goodbye goodbye and the reason it's the last show here is because i mean uh, last song here is because it was always the last song for boingo it was on, like an encore song right yeah and and it made sense with its message but this audience is going crazy has been going crazy for 90 minutes and then you hit goodbye goodbye which is like super energy band uh song and and uh it's uh it's it was amazing to see you know you're sitting up on stage well i know what i wanted to talk about i don't know how much time we have but we play every year at the uh, uh, Universal Amphitheater, and we, we would sell it out. We'd sell out almost instantly, and that was, that was great. But there was one year when the crowd got a little too raucous, and I had to go out on the stage and say, if you don't calm down, the show is over. And I turn around, and they'd raise the back of the stage, the, 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 the big gate that went out in the moment, and I said, I guess it's over. <laughs> and I, just, I left the stage as quickly as I could. But uh, you didn't have you had you had energetic people, but it, 
that maybe was one of the few times it got out of hand unless unless i wasn't there <laughs> but um, you were there yeah but uh it, it was it was great now you mentioned a couple of gigs but no no halloween plans set yet well we have um well i it's sort of let's see um we're playing down at humphreys by the bay um halloween weekend we're playing at the uh at the winery um in early october we're playing uh the canyon clubs uh the canyon club in agora hills in october uh we're there's rumors we're going to be playing at a venue i can't mention at the moment because <laughs> it's a rumor <laughs> no it's, it's 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 just a contractual thing that i can't talk about till till august some of the uh, stuff because some of the groups we're playing with have other gigs and they're yeah. still selling tickets so you know how that goes so there's a lot of tbas to be announced <laughs> well it, it, it's been fantastic just sitting and talking with you and catching up on things we don't get to see each other that often anymore but i will see you at at least one of those gigs in the in the fall um, yeah please i have to get down there and we'll get jeremiah we'll see if we can get him out of santa barbara for a couple of minutes yeah yeah so um i think it's a good idea to leave and say goodbye and thank you for everybody and literally say goodbye goodbye musically this is a Jeremiah show. It's been great having John Hernandez with us from Boingo Boingo. And uh, as, as Boingo fans say, goodbye, goodbye. Oh!
this is comedian Maz Jobrani, and you are listening to The Jeremiah Show. Listen, man. Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify. The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. My name's Danny Trejo. Jeremiah, you're loved, Holmes. I love you. I love It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.